Ah, Snesipo? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Yes, good evening to you. How are you? I'm doing well in you. I'm very well, thank you. Snesipo, I mean, let's uh, strike while the iron's hot here. Uh, I'd like us maybe to uh, first speak about the numbers that cam- came from StatsSA earlier on today, and we'll come back. Uh, to the MTN story, but uh, our economy is shrinking 3.2 percentage points here in the first three months of the year. And I guess for me, a major startling issue was uh, the uh, contractions and the declines in, in production in uh, some of the sectors that are known to employ uh, the unskilled and semi-skilled in our labor market. And of course, uh, that uh, signaling that uh, our unemployment figures are set to get worse rather than get better. Yeah, it's actually quite a tragedy. Um primary industries are taking a knock and the fact that they had double digit decline in a in a space of three months is concerning. Mm-hmm. And that is very concerning. It's a, quite problematic. Many people have suggested, Snesipo, that uh, you know, this is probably the uh, quarter where the effects of load shedding were felt the most. Uh, do you share that sentiment? It's got, Q1 is, is never good, usually. It's never the best. Mm. But it's I think there is the impact of load shedding and just general shrinkage of the economy. So it's all of these, all these latent defects. So it's just one of many things that have gone on. Because you even see uh, some of the commentary that that is they pulled. Um, they talked about the fact that on just a quantum basis, we had lower production. Mm, 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 mm. Just on a quantum, let's just go into quantum basis. So that means we produced less. That's why we employed less. Yeah, yeah. And, and mining, I did, rem, remember mining, they also started in Jujeg. Remember mining, there mm, was a gold strike? Yes. So I, I expected mining to, go, to dip a bit. Mm, mm. I mean, let's talk about agriculture here for a second. I mean, the, they were the biggest losers here. 13.2%. I mean, I did ask Wandi Lesichlobo earlier on today uh, what accounted for that. He uh, really felt that it was, I guess, uh, the uh, uh, impact and uh, uh, of course, the, the last legs of the drought that we'd seen uh, the last few years in our economy. But many people also suggesting, I guess, the debates around land have uh, probably stalled some investment and production decisions. About the land issue, that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> Trust me, that's a lie. It has to do with the drought. And the problem with our farming as well as our water infrastructure, and that is our blame, our prior sister when she was heading up. Water infrastructure in this country has specifically been on the decline and hasn't, there hasn't been significant investment. Agriculture, when it comes to water as a resource, is competing with mining. Mm. It's competing with users, normal consumers. So from that perspective, it hasn't gotten the necessary investment. And also, just from a water investment perspective, if you look at, because um, I work in water, when you do water as a an investment. The returns on water are quite low because you're always looking to make a cost-reflective tariff. Mm. And because of the low production, you can't sort of, from an investment perspective, if you ask for like a private sector to come in and build the infrastructure, you are not going to, you can't rely on the farmers as suitable offtakes because of the seasonality of farming. So that does not that does not encourage private sector investment and therefore you're dependent on public sector investment. That's yeah. why I'm like this blame squarely lies on this number. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So 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 this was the I guess quarter where we uh, really couldn't top other rand or, or let alone top other economy. But um, uh, I mean, let's shift our attention here slightly to uh, MTN and uh, 
Uh, they, uh, of course, have found themselves now uh, with a shift happening uh, at their board and uh, pushing for some changes there to ensure that at least they get the kind of political cover necessary uh, to be able to avert some of the uh, uh, issues that they've had uh, with the regulators, least of all in Nigeria. Um, I think, I think, I'm not sure if you saw the article I wrote for Manningweb on um, MTN regulatory challenges. Um, MTN has like now onboarded a couple of politicians uh, onto their various governance structures. For me, this smells troubled like you would not believe. Because although they never had a native Nigerian on their board, I'll give them that. The fact that they went with a, pre- a prior governor and they've gone to more political appointments, for me, questions a lot of things in terms of the big component of MTN is regulatory. For them to function, they need require regulatory sure, approval. Sure. They've been seeing fire flames specifically in Nigeria. They've been attacked on various legislative and regulatory issues. Remember, they've got their case coming up in Gongi, 18th of June. Remember, it was postponed. Mm. And they've also had their listing, which they did, which was part, which is a requirement from the fine two years ago. And it's also being investigated now. So for me, all these appointments, what exactly impact have they done? I understand sure, that they, sure. the whole idea that the understanding was that former President Mbeki, who's a known negotiator, mm. but like, what is he actually going to do? Like, okay. Let, let's like, pause this. I, let's pause that for a second, Stacey Point, and take this brief spot break. When we come back, I want, I, I want to find out from you if we can draw parallels between this and some of the early stage BE deals that we saw. Stay tuned to Metro FM Talk. Some throwbacks deserve a comeback, like Amakumkeze, La Moonbags, and even the greeting Uzit. That's why Hunters, the original side, is on a mission to refresh cool and bring back the old school. All you got to do is follow at Hunters Cider on Facebook, share throwbacks that deserve a comeback, and you could win refreshing prizes. Hunters, refreshes like nothing on earth, drink responsibly, not for sale to persons under the age of 18. It's seven minutes now before 8 p.m. I'm in conversation with Snesipo Maninjwa. She's an independent analyst and a chartered accountant speaking to us, uh, of course, about the big stories of the day. And uh, certainly one of those big stories has uh, been South Africa's economy shrinking 3.2% in the first quarter of 2019, the first three months of the year, according to numbers that came through from Stats SA earlier on today. But uh, the other big story we're discussing uh, certainly has to be uh, the story of uh, MTN Group. And it's Nesipo, just before we went to the break, I mean, you, you were unpacking for us, uh, I guess, uh, some of the appointments here of, uh, as you say, onboarding politicians. Let's maybe get a bit more specific here uh, about who some of these politicians are and, of course, the function that would have been played uh, by this advisory board, which would have included former President Tabombik. And, and their press release, when they dropped this announcement on them, they basically said that it's because of, um, this is a common thing, but if you look at who they've appointed on their board, uh, they went, as you know, it's chaired by our former El President. They've also added uh, the former AU Commissioner for Political Affairs, uh, former DG of, of um, the International Atomic Energy Agency, uh, president, uh, one of the presidents of marketing services for Total. So they've added the oil people and the politicians as well as U Putuman Kerko, mm. former chin. <laughs> so they specifically tailored it to Nigeria and West African as well as Middle East. These are all the players. But like I said before, 
this board is not accountable to shareholders, number one. Number two, they're not subject to any level of scrutiny that you would expect for normal political bearers. Mm. Number three, we don't understand the value that they have. We don't even have a sight of their remuneration. Jo, 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 jo. I mean, yeah, so for me, like, like, I don't even understand the point. I'm like, it's not going to change. And like, for me, like, what all this reinforces is that all these people's cries for data must for us mm. is not going to happen. Guys. You know, Stacey, but I mean, I guess it, it highlights another phenomenon here. And uh, that's why I was asking you towards the end. Uh, of our conversation on the other side just before we took the spot break. Whether or not uh, you see any parallels between this and what many of these big businesses did in in the 90s, in the first set of BE deals, which of course became a regulatory and a licensing requirement here in South Africa, where a lot of them, I guess, would pick out who's who in the National Executive Committee of the ANC and say, I want this person on my board uh, so that any of, uh, I guess, the regulatory compliance or other issues that we might face, this person would be able, I guess... um, to to uh, speak to his comrades, if I can use that turn of phrase, uh, in order for us to to uh, get through that, does this seem that like uh, 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 very similar to what MTN is now trying to do in Nigeria? And uh, what are the prospects of this being successful? Um, so you know, the Bill got onto the board of MTN. You've also got our former deputy finance minister who chairs the board of Vodacom. You know, these guys. Uh, you know, they're doing this for, they're hoping that it will keep the con rates, because remember, ConCom did say that they need to lower their data prices. Yes. But they're doing no such thing. They're doing no such thing. They claim they are, but as you know, and Teta, they claim they are. Number two, what they're trying to do in Nigeria, ah, Nigeria is another pill of fish. Nigeria is just its own, own nightmare on its own. Mm-hmm. So you, what will work for South Africa might not work in Nigeria. I don't see it working in Nigeria personally um, because the truth be told is that as long as the oil price is depressed, uh, oil price is depressed, you will forever, ever, and I, and I genuinely say this with all my heart, you, they will forever be seeing fire flames as long as the oil price is depressed because for me, that's, the, that's where, that's, that's what's triggered. If you look at the timeline, that's what's actually triggered a lot of the issues in Nigeria is that the oil price is depressed. So they're looking for other industries to squeeze and MTN seems mm. an easy target. But, but Lizzie, isn't there, I guess, a regulatory case for MTN to answer here? I mean, t- just take, for instance, the uh, issue around exchange controls in Nigeria and the repatriation of uh, profits or dividends or whatever by uh, Nigeria, you're by MTN from Nigeria. Uh, surely, I mean, that's a blatant case of um, the company knowing, uh, I assume, of course, that the regulations that govern uh, the uh, repatriation of foreign exchange from that country and uh, really doing the contrary. And, of course, uh, that uh, aside from, I guess, the Nigerian authorities being squeezed by the lack of oil revenues and wanting now to go after telecoms is also uh, some regulatory case for MTN to answer. You know, there's such a thing with the repatriation of funds of like, because remember, they also huddled Standard Bank into that mess. Mm. And there's such a thing called uh, go ahead, ask for forgiveness later, which is the approach that they they And then budget for the fine, huh? Yeah. So they just paid the fine. 
like so they do not really um they don't really really care. Remember Indian problems they've also had remember they had one of their ministers, one of their CEOs removed from Uganda for security reasons. There's mm. also that issue of them in the you know, when they got um in the Middle East the licensing issue, like yes. Turkish Shah has been litigating saying that they paid bribes. These accusations of course have never been proven. But the company they, they they literally told the line. The thing with MTN, which I've always respected, is that they're not afraid of going into a country where there is utter chaos. I, I, I love that from an entrepreneurial perspective. Whether or not they'd be playing by the rules is another discussion altogether. Sensible. Mm. We'll have to leave it there. So I really appreciate that you could take time out to speak to us this evening. Snezibo Maninjwa, uh, market commentator, independent analyst, and also chartered accountant, joining us this evening uh, here on uh, Metro FM Talk to uh, talk through uh, those, uh, I guess, disheartening output numbers they're coming uh, from uh, the Statistician General. 3.2% decline for the South African economy uh, by way of production in the first quarter of 2019. And, of course, that's the same quarter that coincided with load shedding and uh, many other issues that we've seen. And uh, one wonders uh, how big an an impact load shedding has had, but it certainly has been a horrible quarter for many of the sectors that employ uh, the uh, skilled and semi-skilled among us uh, in this economy and uh, will certainly contribute to making much worse, certainly, some of the employment figures that uh, have come through. I'd love to hear your perspectives on this particular issue as uh, we continue to have our conversations. Give us a ring on 089-110-3377. Let's take this brief break. And on the other side, we 